The quarterback battle is coming to its conclusion in Baton Rouge. The Saints play their third preseason game on Friday night in the Superdome. Does it even matter? We talk about that. Position battles and more, including the prep season, opening up with Jamboree Weekend. Today, with Garland Gillen of Fox 8 on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere, around the country, dare I say, around the world. We've had a few around the world who are just thrilled to talk about real football coming up and not this crap we've been watching for the last few weeks. Oh boy, it's almost over. Hello, I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude for a Friday, August the 26th, 2022. We're back on Friday. It's been quite a week. <laughs> you could say that again. Okay, it's been quite a week. And um, we're ready. We're really, really ready for real football. I mean, I, I can't watch much more of this. And it's not just because you Ian Book haters. It, it's not just because of that. I, I mean, I, I, I've never really liked preseason. I used to get, I guess when I was younger, I'd get fired up about it. You know, football's back. Sort of. But they used to play preseason differently than they play it today. I mean, and I'm not talking about back, I mean, I'm super old, okay? So I'm not talking back when they used to play six preseason games. Some of you probably don't even know that they used to play. They used to play six preseason games when I was a kid. And uh, I don't really remember that much of that. But I, I know that just watching four for the last 40-some-odd years is enough. And now three is too many. And like Zach Ewing and I have talked about on Bayou Bets, I think. That logic tells us that soon it will be zero. And that will be just fine with me. They can have their little scrimmages and have controlled scrimmages, which will act like preseason games, and you'll have to figure out how bad Ian Book is through those things. Because these, they don't do anything. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Preseason does nothing. It does nothing for me. I like when I got my friends out there who the first preseason game, they're like, football's back. No, it's not. That's not football. I mean, I know a lot of baseball fans who, like, go to spring training, but they're not really going to spring training for the baseball. They're just going to spring training so they can mark it off their bucket list. Oh, went to spring training. Well, good for you. I've been to an NFL preseason game and I've been to an NBA bath preseason game. That's not football. It's not basketball. And, yes, I am rambling on already. Hey, at least I'm not talking about the weather, which is much nicer this Friday. Maybe it's because I'm turning a year older before the next time we speak. That probably has a lot to do with it. But you don't care about that. I mean, if you want to wish me happy birthday, jderry at theadvocate.com, go ahead. I know this. 
There's no hurricane on my birthday this year. Don't say that. You're going to jinx it. No hurricane in the Gulf. Not even close enough to get here in time. It's going to be a hurricane-free birthday. Exciting stuff. Hey, you take what you can get. That's better than preseason football, for sure. It's going to be a fun show today. We talked to Garland Gillen of Fox 8. And Garland uh, covers the gamut for Fox 8 Sports. He uh, is their number one prep guy. He is their number one LSU guy. And he certainly has his share of the Saints and anchors every now and then. So Garland will be joining us. Uh, in about five or ten minutes, depending on how long I ramble on this morning, which probably won't be too long. I do want to remind you, though, in case you haven't noticed, all the things we're doing at bet.nola.com right now, I can tell you this. I can finally see the light through those just plethora of leaf-packed trees with the end of our NFL previews. Today, this morning, we ran, uh, well, if you're listening on Friday morning or Friday afternoon or whenever, this morning, we ran our 28th of 32 team previews. And I can tell you, um, I don't think I'm doing this again. It's a little much. We did them by division last year, and I think that is going to suffice. Unless Zach Ewing tells me differently and says, we got to do this. Well, if he does, I'll do it. But uh, it's a lot. I mean, but I, I will say this. I think they've come out well. And if you haven't noticed, go check them out. You go, if there are certain teams you want to watch, you can, we have links to all of them. You can go into today. We, we did the last of our AFC teams. We did the Tennessee Titans today. Interesting video. And each, each story has a video accompanying with it with a little intro of what, you know, my preview of the team and whether I think they're going to go over or under their expected win total. And uh, then my favorite part is we have Adam Chernoff of Covers.com who's been on the show a couple times now. And uh, he lets me know whether I'm right, wrong, or really, really, really wrong. Like he did with the Colts and the Titans this week. It was fun. And when, I'm, when he thinks I'm really, really, really wrong, that's when it's really fun. Because, uh, you know, I can take criticism. I mean, sometimes I think the pro handicapper who does this for a living is right. And sometimes I think the amateur who's just starting to figure this all out is right. Just like real life. You know, we always know more than the electrician or the plumber or the tree cutter or whatever. The landscaper, you figured out the chef. Not enough of this in there. We, we all know better than people who do things for a living. So sometimes we actually do. Most of the time we don't. But it's fun to debate with someone who really knows what they're talking about. And Adam has been fun and, and good throughout these previews. Go check him out. LSU uh, is just nine days away, as I speak to you now, from its opener against the Florida State Seminoles in the Superdome. It's going to be a big weekend for us at bet.nola.com next week because we will be out there on Saturday. Uh, what is that? September the 3rd. Uh, we will be at Harris opening help opening the new sports book, which is beautiful, by the way. Um, and we're going to be on stage there doing a show Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday, we're going to be live from Champion Square. Zach, 
uh, Spencer the Guru and myself will be out live, and they're supposedly going to be broadcasting the audio out to the masses out there. We'll see how that works out, if not. But whatever, come tell us uh, hello if you're out there around the Dome for the LSU game next week. And I tell you, I mean, I talk about this with Garland, but that it is going to tell us a whole lot about these Tigers. Um, I go as far to say that this is one of the most important non-conference games in recent memory for this team because I think that this team needs to start out quick, unlike last year. Um, they really need to get going. They need to get confidence. If they're going to win seven or eight games, I think you'll know a lot whether they're going to do that by how they play against Florida State. And if they don't beat Florida State, I think it's going to be a long year. I'm really uh, having trouble trying to pick a win total. Right now it sees it at seven. And um, I think that's a, that number is about right. If anything, it may be a little high. So Brian Kelly in his first season as LSU coach, I think you really just right now, if you, if you get a bowl game in this first year with Brian Kelly, I know LSU fans, that's not usually good enough for you, and it's the reason why, you know, every year we have to hear all this crap, like Alabama does this and, and Clemson does that and blah, blah, blah. You know what? LSU's not Alabama and they're not Clemson. They should be. They might be one day. They're not there. But you know what? Winning 10 games a year, which is where this team was for a long time, is pretty darn good. And even in a down year when they're rebuilding, which is kind of what this year is, the fact that they are projected to win seven games in a rebuilding year, I think it says a lot about where the program is today compared to where it was, I don't know, 20-some-odd years ago before Nick Saban came here, because it was a dumpster fire for quite a while. You know, I mean, I was at LSU in the mid-'80s, and it was uh, – it was nothing like it is now. I mean, the crowds were and the fans were. All the fans had more realistic expectations back then. But, I mean, this program went through some really rough times in the 90s. Late 80s and into the 90s. Well, I guess early 90s and throughout much of the 90s. It was bad. Curly Hallman, Jerry DiNardo, not good. So uh, I remember them well. In the New Orleans Saints tonight, uh, who will we see? If you're listening to this after Friday night, you already know. But does it really matter? I mean, I think you're going to see a whole lot of Ian Book again. I know that's not what you want, but that's what you're going to see. Um, I think there's a really good chance Jameis doesn't play. And if he does, it's not going to be for more than a series. Andy Dalton's not going to play a whole bunch either. Because frankly, I think that we're getting to the point where I don't think Dennis Allen is 100% sure that Jameis Winston is going to be ready to start the season. Um, and you can't take a chance on getting Andy Dalton hurt if he's not ready. So I think if they were certain that Jameis Winston would be ready for next week, you'd probably see maybe up to a half of Andy Dalton. But he's a, what, 12- or 13-year veteran? I mean, do you really need to – I know he's with a new team, but do you really need to see that much? We, we, we know what we have in Andy Dalton. It's top five backup in the NFL. Certainly beats what we had last year. So it'll be interesting, and I know high school fans are excited. Tonight is Jamboree night, and it's been, it's been strange for me because this is the time, you know, being a prep writer for the last 10 years before last year, and even last year, I think I was still a prep writer at this point. 
I don't think I'd switched over yet. So, I mean, this is jamboree night for me. My internal clock is all off. So I've done everything throughout my career. But I said it before, I will say it again. The best times I've had in my career was covering high school kids. They care more than professional athletes. They want to talk to you more than professional athletes or college athletes for that matter. I haven't done a lot of college in my career. A little bit. But uh, nothing beats high school Friday nights. Not in, not in this man's 32-year career. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be able to do it for varsity sports now when the regular season starts. But it's going to be weird because I'll be going in um, with a lot less knowledge of what's going on this year than I usually do. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it'll be fine. And once we get started, first game next week on VSN, I'll be broadcasting Brother Martin against Madison Prep with my partner Jim Rapier as we enter our, I believe, our eighth season of broadcasting games. Eighth or ninth. i got to figure it out. I know it's our fourth for VSN, and we are excited to do that and get underway and get started. And I miss my partner. I haven't seen him in a while. So we'll be out there, and I'm sure it'll be like old times and no time flat. Let's get to our guest today. And Garland Gillen, like I said, it covers just about everything for Fox 8 and uh, Interesting conversation. We start off a little bit of prep just to talk, uh, kind of set the scene for the Jamborees and uh, a little bit about Arch Manning, and uh, we talk about that for a minute. Then we get an LSU and the quarterback situation. Looks like Jaden Daniels has got this thing. Uh, doesn't mean you won't see Garrett Nussmeyer, because you will um, at some point. Whether we see him next uh, Sunday in the Dome or not remains to be seen, but uh, you will see some Garrett Nussmeyer, I'm sure, unless Jaden Daniels. If you don't, it means Jaden Daniels is just that damn good, and that's okay too, right? So it looks like Jaden Daniels is winning this battle, and uh, we talk about that. And then we get into the Saints, and uh, we talk about uh, just briefly the final preseason game, but we really more talk about – I want to talk to Garland about positions. And uh, we go through maybe four or five of the Saints' positions, and um, – some of them we talk about the position battles. Some of them we talk about just maybe the top two and who's emerging and, you know, things that if you're a Saints fan, you'll be interested in. And uh, I'll come back to wrap it up after he's done. Here he is. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast on this Friday morning, Fox 8's Garland Gillen, who is all excited that the prep season is about to begin and we'll have Friday night magic going on <laughs> how excited are you garland uh this is the time i mean jim we got jamborees this week in high school football we got a quarterback battle in baton rouge with lsu two lane opens next saturday against umass and the new orleans saints uh are playing their final preseason game tonight in the caesar superdome you can watch it exclusively on fox 8 that's right so we we're in the middle of all the excitement but yes uh jamboree action on friday night not only do I get to see Arch Manning uh, go against my alma mater, the De La Salle Cavaliers, but in the first game, Country Day plays St. Martin's, and I'll, I get a ton of questions about this. St. Martin's running back, his name is Harlem Berry. He's only a sophomore. 24-7 uh, Sports came out with their top 100 kids for the class of 2025, which is sophomores. Harlem Berry is a number 21 recruit in America at St. Wow. Martin's. Little, little St. Martin's class 1A school on, on airline drive has one of the best players in America for 2025. So I get to see two, two of the best players in the country for their classes 
uh, coming up on Friday night at uh, Lupin Field Uptown. To show you how weird it is for me, because this is my first year in 10 years that I have not uh, been diving into the prep world. Um, you know, I didn't even know that, and I, and I should, should know that. But I, I'm, I'm glad that I still get to do play-by-play. We will run into each other here and there. Yeah, um, I'm doing play-by-play for Varsity Sports, Louisiana uh, Varsity Sports now, and um, it, it we uh, my schedule has changed because we used to do a North Shore game of the week, and now we're doing we're upgrading. We're doing a a metro area game of the week, and so wow. I will be all over the place. And you know, my first week, Brother Martin Madison Prep. So I'm excited about oh, wow. uh, I'm excited about the season that's coming. It, it it should be a real interesting one, and I know that people do get a little bit of arch fatigue right well it's actually going the other way now it's getting a lot of arch hate now because ever since he committed to texas that means another 130 programs america did not get arch manning so now when i post highlights of arch like i did in his scrimmage last (laughs) week against holy cross everybody becomes a qb doctor and saying oh the kid was too wide open and oh and arch had no Mm. rush and Dude, it's like insanity. The comment section, it just explodes now since he's committed. Because when he didn't commit, everybody was in love with Arch because they all thought he right. had, they had a shot to land him. Now it, it's it's over with. Now it's like everybody against Arch Manning. So it has been fascinating to see how it's turned. Considering, Jim, that Arch, when he committed Texas, it was a, it was a one-sentence tweet. He has not spoken to anyone in the media since he committed. He's just been quiet. Like just that's, he's not. That's a Manning. Wa- that's the Manning way. But it, the thing is that that he's not been braggadocious since the commitment. He's not going out there and like trashing other programs or saying he's not said anything. Horns, hook him horns. Yeah, he's done a few pictures hooking him horns. But it, it's it's amazing to me the amount of hate that's come his way since he committed. I mean, he hasn't changed. He's only gotten better. Now I will say this: Newman's going to struggle at the beginning of the season. My week one game of the week on Fox Eight. Football Friday is going to be Newman at Homville, and they're going to struggle mightily against a Class 5A school. They're a 2A school, but then the next week they host Riverside. Then they go to Manny, which is a Class 2A powerhouse, right. and then they host Benton, who's another big-time powerhouse from North Louisiana. So they, they could be 2-2, two 1-3 and two, one and three to open the season, and that's when all the hate's going to start flying. But, I mean, Newman's roster, it has some top-end talent, but it doesn't have depth, and that's going to be the problem they have this year, and they've had that in the past. And they were going to have that in the future. Garland Gillen here on, on Datitude this morning. And I, I will say that, you know, it's funny you say that because I have some friends that have approached me over the last couple of weeks. And it, now he, that it's sure that he's not going to LSU or any other <laughs> SEC school, all of a sudden they say, well, I, you know, I think he's overrated because I see blah, 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 blah. Uh, before, you know, he was best thing since sliced bread. He's going to be better than Peyton. He's better than Eli. Now, now he sucks because he doesn't he doesn't want to go to LSU. I mean, he was well, never going to LSU first off. Well, you know, in in the transfer portal days, I would never ever trash a kid if you're another program. I don't know if I would say this with Arch, but those kids could come back your way. I mean, if you look at at the starting quarterbacks around America in college yeah. football, I would probably say more than half of them are transfer uh, quarterbacks. I mean, look what LSU's doing right now. I mean, Jaden Daniels is the favorite right now to get the job from Arizona State. He's a transfer there. They're starting running back with John Emery Jr. Uh, possibly being suspended for two games. The starting running back's going to be Noah Kane from Penn State. So you should never get in the boat of, of, of taking down a kid that's 18 and 19 years old. 
because that kid could be coming back your way in the transfer portal. So you should always just be supportive of everyone, okay? Just just stay off the hate. Garland, how about you should never be down on an 18 or 19-year-old kid because they're an 18 or 19-year-old kid. I Correct. mean, just because they don't go to your school doesn't mean you, you start acting like a moron, but... No, no, I never understood hating on 17-year-old children for the wow. decisions they make with schools they're going to go to. But it's the I world mean, yeah, we live you should in. never, you should never, because that kid could be coming back your way soon. Especially, I mean, look at Tulane. I mean, the amount of uh, kids at Tulane is taken from the New Orleans area uh, as transfers. You know, they they left the city, but they come back again. I mean, three of their star players are are from the New Orleans area that were transfers. So just be calm, fans. They might if, come back to you. If anything, if by some miracle of miracles, Arch Manning ends up at LSU someday. <laughs> He'll be the see. I told you he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, you know how that works, right? They yeah, were, yeah. you know, how many people were at the at the Saints uh, Tom Dempsey game? You know, when I was growing up. Oh, jeez. It was like two hundred thousand people saw Tom Dempsey kick the sixty-three yard field goal, and then yeah. you know every other game that the the earthquake game and everything else that people were at. It's just amazing how how things change, but. Neither here nor there. I'm not here to, to bash my listeners. They've been bashed enough over the last year. Let's talk about uh, the LSU Tigers. And you, great segue there. You talk about Jaden Daniels and, and Garrett Nussmeyer and their, and their battle for number one. It looks like Jaden Daniels is going to get it. You've been out to LSU camp uh, quite a bit. What have you seen there? Uh, is, do you think in the limited amount that we've been able to see these guys, would it, you know, just a week away from the start of their season against Florida State uh, next Sunday, what do you see in uh, in these two guys? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to accuracy, it's Garrett Nussmeyer. But when it comes to flat out speed, I mean, Jaden Daniels uh, during during spring football maxed out at 21 miles per hour on one of his runs, which is insane uh, for any guy, especially a quarterback. So Jaden Daniels uh, has speed to burn. He has 29 career starts. Garrett Nussmeyer has zero. So that's definitely something that goes in Jaden's favor. Um, in the long-term answer, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer is probably going to be here a lot longer than Jaden Daniels, but I think short-term, I, I think you got to start Jaden Daniels at quarterback. But, uh, Jim, at the uh, press conference the other night, I was there on Tuesday night, you know, Brian Kelly said it's too close to call, it's too close to call. So, finally, I did a follow-up, and I said, does that mean both of them are going to be playing in the Caesar Superdome against Florida State? He wouldn't go there yet, but it seems like it's going to be – it could go that way, or maybe he's going to have Jaden Daniels start the game – and he just prays that Daniels plays lights out and he doesn't have to deal with this like quarterback con- competition that Daniels just takes the job, you know, and then Garrett Nussmeyer, uh, you know, can maybe uh, just learn under him. But Garrett Nussmeyer will get playing time this year. And I really, I, I don't think that if if they announce today, Jane Daniels is going to be a starting quarterback. I don't think Garrett Nussmeyer would transfer. I, I think he loves LSU. I think he loves uh saying that he's from Louisiana. He was born and raised in Lake Charles, but they moved at an early age. But he still claims Lake Charles to be his hometown and where he's from, even though he spent a lot of time in Texas. That's where he played his high school ball. So there's no no worry of that. And then Walker Howard's going to redshirt this year. Uh, so right now I would think it would be Jaden Daniels. And imagine getting that guy on the turf, uh, Jim, uh, in the Superdome. I mean, if you get out in the open – Jaden Daniels can definitely, uh, you know, cause some uh, chaos in the open field. Speaking of your question, I find it, uh, I found it interesting. Coaches love to say, I'm not being evasive. But I'm just, <laughs> I love he finished that. that answer to me. He goes, <laughs> at the end, he goes, I'm not being evasive. I was yeah, like, well, you right. are being evasive. You know, you did. I understand. I mean, you don't want to, like, you know, show it out. But the funny thing was, you said, if I if I pulled the room right now, you know, y'all would be 50-50. Right. And I was like, eh. 
don't Probably know. We, we've seen practice. We could. We, it might not be 50-50, you know, but, you know, sports writers don't ever agree on anything sometimes. No, you know? that's true. <laughs> they don't even agree on what they're going to go eat for lunch when they're sitting next to each other. That's certainly true. Uh, you know, you talk about Garrett Nussmeyer, and he's going to have an interesting road because if he does decide to stay, I mean, you talk about Walker Howard, who's, you know, he's the starter and waiting. I mean, he's the future of this program and waiting. I think you and I have both seen him enough whether it be in person or whether it be through film and, and all the things that he's done and the cr- incredible things he did at St. Thomas More in Lafayette. I mean, this kid is the future of this program. Yeah, he uh, shredded the Dallas South Cavaliers in the 2020 yeah. Division II state title game. Uh, that'll still go down as probably one of the top ten games I've ever witnessed in high school football. Yeah. You had Montrell Johnson, who now is at University right. of Florida, ran for three touchdowns for Dallas South. Uh, Jack Besh had 212 yards receiving in that game for St. Thomas More. Uh, Walker Howard was just dealing against De La Salle. But the final score, I think, was 24-21. It was back and forth. It was a, a cold night in Natchitoches. Um, I really thought that De La Salle had no chance at all because the year before, I think they lost 51-3. to uh, It was a, a, just a bad night for De La Salle. They were on uh, St. Thomas More's home field in that game, which I thought was a really bad deal for the Cavaliers. But they finally got a, uh, a neutral field, and uh, they put the, the fear of you-know-what in St. Thomas More, and they barely escaped. But uh, Walker Howard looked great in that game instead of Jack Besh. And now, obviously, Jack Besh has uh, had a strong freshman year. Uh, he's been dealing with injuries. I think he's getting close to 100%. I don't know if he's going to be starting in this game against Florida State, but he will definitely be in that game because he's trying to uh, ramp back up after an injury. But Walker Howard, uh, he's got the speed. He's got the accuracy. Um, he is the real deal. And I heard that was a reason why um, LSU had trouble getting a five-star recruit in this cycle is because they saw they had Garrett Nussmeyer and they had right. Walker Howard. Uh, so the five stars are kind of staying away. So they got Ricky Collins, who I think is a, a fantastic four-star quarterback out of Woodlawn. But, you know, when you got a guy like Walker Howard on your roster, that definitely will scare away kids that are only a year right behind them. That game you talk about was Ryan Manali's finale at De La Salle as head coach there, and uh, he's going on to uh, to interesting things. And uh, so the De La Salle Cavaliers, who shamelessly, if you would want to see any St. Thomas More, any Walker Howard games from the past two years, you can go to Varsity Sports now and catch them on demand, subscribe, and get our whole queue of what's coming up this season. Uh, very cheap, nine ninety nine a month. Again, you can go back and see any game that we've ever broadcast. We had all of St. Thomas More's games the last two years, and uh, St. Thomas More, a partner of VSN. And I, that's my shameless plug of the day. Um, you know, Garland, when you talk about the skill players on this team, I'm not sure what we have at running back. You talk about LSU and, and John Emery that, you know, he may be out the first two games, and but you got Kayshawn Butte on the outside, uh, Malik Neighbors, and this, this team has weapons, we may not know all their names, but this team has weapons. They got talent. They got talent all over the field. Now, are we going to see that talent all come together uh, for the LSU Tigers? That is going to be the big question. Um, I definitely have concerns on the offensive line right now. Jim, that was the main reason when I went to that first open uh, training camp practice where they let us watch the entire one. That's when I realized that Miles Brennan was in trouble because the offensive line was just – 
getting blown up by the defensive line of LSU. Now, we'll say this. The defensive line of LSU is one of the top five in America when you got Jaquail and Roy, and you got Ali Gay, and you got Mason Smith, and then you got B.J. Ojolari, who's kind of playing the jack position, which is like right. standing up, but he kind of comes on to the end. So you almost call him a defensive lineman. That group is one of the top five in America, in my estimation. They're all be either first or second round picks in the next few years. But they were just destroying the offensive line. And I'm like, they're going to need a mobile quarterback. They're going to need a Garrett Nussmeyer, Jaden Daniels. That Miles Brennan is not uh, a quarterback that is evasive, uh, that can escape out of the pocket. That's when I realized uh, two weeks ago that Miles Brennan was in big trouble and he was actually going to be running third string. And I that going into that weekend, I said, Miles Brennan's going to have to make a decision early next week. Is he going to transfer? Or what is he going to do? And he wound up just retiring because of the uh, because he was on third string. But I also just saw that the offensive line was in trouble. Garrett Dellinger um, has been rolling a lot of balls back to the quarterback. Uh, he's been having trouble with the uh, when the quarterback is in the shotgun. Brian Kelly told us the other night he's getting much better at that. I understand that it's going to be some growing pains because Garrett Dellinger, for the first time ever, is playing center this fall. He was hurt in the spring, didn't go through spring drills. So I understand that that, that is going to be an issue. But you got Will Campbell, a left tackle, who's a true freshman. I know he's probably going to be a future first-round pick out of Neville. But this is his first time starting at left tackle. At left guard, you got Tremont Shorts. And at right tackle, you got Miles Frazier. They're both transfers. And, and then at, at, at right tackle, you got Anthony Bradford, who's had trouble off the field. He's got a ton of talent. But he hasn't shown it yet. So the, you have issues on the line. Um, you have a running back problem with the depth because John Emery Jr., as reported, uh, it might be at the first two games. So you only got Noah Kane, and, and then you got uh, Armani Goodwin, who is an injury problem. Um, your tight end position, I, I mean, it, are you going to start Mason Taylor, a true freshman? Does Jack Mashburn, a former St. Paul's quarterback, does he get some run? Cole Taylor seems like he's been a disappointment for LSU because Brian Kelly doesn't bring him up in his press conferences. So there's a lot of issues, I think, on the offense. They got the talent, but I'm intrigued to see how they can all get it together because I think this defense is going to be fantastic. Uh, I know there's some questions at cornerback because they got transfers uh, at the top. The, the top three or four uh, guys at cornerback are all transfers, so that's something to worry about. But, um, you know, Florida State is a, a, a decent team. They're not a great team. I know the spread's only three right now on, like, Caesar's Sportsbook, but – I think it should be a little higher. I think the LSU should definitely win that game. When you put the rosters next to each other, LSU is a much better team, I think, than Florida State. I know Florida State's got Duquesne this weekend. They should smash them. They're an FCS school. But at least it'll be fun to see Florida State play this weekend. Uh, UCLA last year had a week zero game against Hawaii, and that helped when they went against LSU. But that was a different time, a different coaching staff. I think LSU is more prepared this year. Um, so I, I can't wait for a, a, a week from now uh, to see that game in the Dome because I think LSU fans will show up, and I think LSU should get that win. You segue right into what I wanted to wrap up our uh, talk about LSU with and Florida State. And Okay, so you, you think that LSU should be favored and has a good chance to win. But to me, this is one of the most – important non-conference games this school will play in quite some time because to me it kind of sets the tone of what you're going into if they were to lose this game it's not like to me losing to UCLA it was a big deal but to me this is different because this there's so much uncertainty even more than the past couple years since Joe Burrow left there is more uncertainty right now and they have got to get confidence got to get off to a good start, got to think they can win. If they're going to approach anything 
to that seven-win expectations on Caesar Sportsbook and get themselves in a bowl game. I know we're, it's hard to talk bowl games in August, but you got to start off right. You got to win games like this. Yeah, and look what it happened last year in the opener uh, in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. Uh, their, their season just started tumbling from the UCLA game on. Uh, that game was the, the table setter. If they'd have won that game, they probably won a hot roll, and, and things would have been fine. But, you know, you had the sissy blue shirt in incident before the game with Coach O when he was walking through the tunnel entering the stadium. I was there right when he said it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, this could either be really good or be really bad, and it got really bad because UCLA used it in their hype video right after they beat LSU, but the season tumbled right after that. Um, it, it's amazing, Jim, uh, the amount of hate by national media toward Brian Kelly. I, if you even watch uh, you know, the, really they had a, a post yesterday, I quote tweeted it. This guy who covers Notre Dame said that the fit is bad for Brian Kelly at LSU. You know, the, the most Southern point he's coached is at Notre Dame, and he just won't be a bad fit. And, I mean, I know Nick Saban is Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches ever, but I heard all those same things when he came from Michigan State, and he came – he succeeded Jerry DiNardo. I mean, right. it, that was a dumpster fire. And yeah, I don't wasn't. think it's a complete dumpster fire at LSU right now because Jerry DiNardo left no talent. I mean, LSU has a ton of talent on the field right now, but I feel like the, the Sharks are swirling around this LSU program right now and Brian Kelly and his nearly $10 million contract, and, and they want blood in the water. They want to see LSU fail on this opener, at least uh, I, I feel uh, from when I – I mean, I follow a ton of national guys that cover, cover college football. They're not openly rooting against LSU, but I can feel the undertones that – Marcus Freeman is now this media darling, and he's doing well in recruiting, even though his first game as a head coach at Notre Dame, his team folded in the second half against Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, and they opened with Ohio State. So they're going to be dealing with some problems. And so Marcus Freeman is now a media darling right now, and everybody's, you know, between um, the, the Kelly accent, him dancing with Walker Howard, uh, there's just a lot, of, a lot of things that they're nitpicking at the national media, and I'm just like, y'all for real. Just let's, let's, let, let's roll the ball out and see how it all falls. It goes back to what we're talking about with Arch, right? I mean, if you're not playing for our team or coaching our team or if you're going against our team in any way, all of a sudden you're a bum now. I mean, <laughs> you know. I've never been a Notre Dame fan. I've never really liked or disliked Brian Kelly. I, but I think he's an upgrade over what this this program has had over the past few. And I don't think anyone can deny that. I mean, no offense, but I mean, when's the last time this school had a a coach like Brian Kelly? And I'm, I mean, we'll see what happens. But it's been a while, Garland. It's been it's been quite a while if you think about it. Yeah, no, it's you been know. since Nick Saban that they've had, like, this kind of coach in the room, okay? Uh, He's a real game coach. I mean. Right, Le- Le- Les Miles, I mean, had a ton of shortcomings, but he at least had uh, the recruiting base in Louisiana uh, to the field these teams, and he won a national title with two losses, which will never, ever happen again in college football. Right. Unless they go to 12-team playoff, then that could definitely happen down in the future. And then Ogeron, I mean, just caught lightning a bottle in 2019. Great recruiter. Had, no had, it was the perfect a perfect storm with, with getting Joe Burrow and that coaching staff, um, but you, you got to have the whole total package and you got to keep it all together on and off the field. And and Coach Ogeron just didn't do that. So I, I think what I've seen so far, I mean LSU is a top ten recruiting class. Recruiting class, they're getting the kids in Louisiana. Ricky Collins from Woodlawn, who's a senior that's committed to LSU, said that 
he probably wasn't going to go with LSU in the past coaching staff, but this one has is, is changed his mind and got him on board. So, I mean, if the recruits are saying the right things and, and the guys are saying the right things on the team right now, I, I can only see positives. I don't see negatives yet, but we'll – We'll see down the line, you know, uh, winning breeds excitement. But when you got losses, you know, like Coach Payton said, it's either carnival or chaos. And we're going to see in short order which one it is. Old people will understand when I say this, that Joe Burrow played the role of Barbara Eden and Ed Ogeron played the role of Larry Hagman. And and, you're going old. uh, Really, the cork was popped and Joe Burrow came out of that genie's bottle and, uh, I don't think many schools anywhere or many coaches anywhere, that's a once a decade kind of, and I'm not talking about LSU. That's a once a decade kind of find right there. And you got lucky, son. You got lucky and it worked. Whatever. There's another national championship hanging in the halls in Baton Rouge. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. And, and Garland, I, you know, this offseason, I find it, I've said this a, a thousand times. And um, we are, we're going through our NFL team previews right now. This morning, we are, Wrapping up number 28 of 32. Thank God they're almost over. Oh, my I'll gosh. Just, just All, yeah, 32. All 32. All 32. Lord's work. It, it, has been, it has been a little bit more tedious than I expected. Let's just put it that way. But we do the Saints next week, but I've said enough about the Saints to where I'm not giving too many spoiler alerts. I don't understand the national media and the national handicappers and Las Vegas and everybody's uh, just downers on the Saints. And when I say that, I mean, it's starting to rise a little bit. We started at seven and a half wins expectation. We're now off to eight and a half in most places, and it may get to nine. Who knows? But you're talking about a team, Garland, that's coming off of a season in which they had uh, a revolving door at quarterback, a revolving door along their offensive line, no names at wide receiver, and a defense that was fantastic. But other than that, no one on offense worth really even mentioning. And they still had a winning season. And I get Sean Payton's going, but make me understand that, why they're only going to be 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight and nine this year. Yeah, I, I've come down to just the, 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 the thought process that, that they've seen what Jameis Winston's done in the past, and they're just trying to say prove it. Um, that's what the betters are saying right now. I, 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 that's the only conclusion I've come to uh, with the Saints number being at 8.5 right now. Uh, is that the, the people that you know that have seen Jameis Winston's career, uh, the problems he had at Tampa, even though he went uh, five and two as a starter last year before tearing his ACL against the Bucks, I think they just are saying, "Prove us wrong. Uh, we're going to put it uh, below 500 here. Uh, your win total." And uh, I, I just, I had them in the Jeff Duncan's column going 10 and seven. Uh, last year, I had them going eight and nine. They went nine and eight. This year, I got them going ten and seven. And I think Jeff has talked about this a few times that all twenty-seven reporters that he uh, he polled all had, had 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 the Saints finishing over five hundred. But you yeah, know, we're scary. the guys out there training camp every day. We're the ones seeing all this. You know, a lot of these people that are are setting these lines uh, and are prognosticating the national guys. They're not at practice every day. They're not seeing what we see. The only things they're seeing the preseason games, you're not seeing a lot of the guys that 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 are going to be playing on the field uh, come uh, Atlanta in a few weeks. Those are those guys are not on the field yet. So you really can't get a good litmus test if you just watch the Houston Texans game in the Green Bay Packers game. Um, so they got three receivers that were not on the team last year, were not playing That's last right. year, and now they're there. I mean, imagine this. And Deuce McAllister made a great point the other day on the Black and Gold uh, Review. Uh, Chris Olave is going to be going against 
the other team's number two cornerback. Uh, he might be going against a safety. Uh, he might be going against a linebacker, I would sometimes. Uh, that is going to be really scary because they're going to have to focus on Mike, uh, Mike White. I mean, sorry, Mike Thomas. Uh, they're going to have to be focusing on uh, Jarvis Landry. I mean, Chris Olave is going to be uh, tearing it up, not only for the Saints, but in fantasy, because uh, they're going to be looking at other guys on the team. So when you got those three guys as you're starting uh, three wide receivers, and then you got Kamara in the backfield, who you always got to pay attention to, that is a lot of weapons at Jameis Winston's disposal. So I, I, I think that, yeah, that I would ham- I've always, I think I've said it since the, the numbers came out, I would hammer the over. Um, I think the, the, the floor is eight, eight and a half, and I think the ceiling could be like 10 or 11 uh, this upcoming season, but definitely over eight and a half. I agree with you. We talked about it with Cat Terrell last week and just about how, you know, that is the one. There's one thing that scares me. When you have all of a local press corps that is, they're all in agreement. I, just like when you watch a pregame show and they got five guys up there and five guys pick the Saints to win. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, no. no <laughs> you know, so that, that, that worries me a little bit. But uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys have on, you know, your, your, your shows, you have a show almost every night at 1035 on Fox 8, and I, I watch most of them. You guys do a really good job, and um, I'm just glad that Duncan's not on as much as he used to because I, I, I just had to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- Duncan does his commentaries on Monday. He's on game plan <laughs> on Wednesdays, and he's also on tailgate on Sundays. So he'll he'll he, he'll get his uh he'll get his airtime in this fall. You know, I kid because yeah, I kid because I love he, you know I joke. I know, I know, begin, I know. Beginning actually next Friday, we're starting our Duncan and I are going to be joining forces. We're going to this show is going to be live on Friday mornings beginning. Next Friday, as a matter of fact, uh, oh, wow. the second. So uh, from Jeff Duncan, Duncan's living room, I can't wait. From right from Dun- uptown, Jeff Duncan's living room, he will be joining us. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about. I, I thought it was interesting. Rod Walker had his projected fifty-three man roster, and I'm not going to go through every position, but I wanted to get your take on, on some of these uh, in particular. And I'm going to start with quarterback. I mean, we know that Jameis and we know that Andy Dalton are the, are the two quarterbacks. And it's unlikely at this point that Ian Book is going to make this roster probably on the on the uh, the practice squad again, uh, assuming that he makes it through and makes it to the practice squad, which I can't see that he wouldn't. But I am it, it really boggles the mind through the little bit that we've seen Ian Book. You got to remember that you know what, eighteen months ago he was a college student, and all this you know they got to cut Ian Book. He's terrible. He's garbage. They got to get rid of him. Now, now, granted, he hasn't played that well, but at the, you know, when I went and rewatched the Packers game the other day, I really didn't think he played that that poorly. The interception that he threw was a slip by Taysom Hill. I mean, I think he's improved a little bit. The, the point is, first off, if, if if Ian Book has to play any games this season, the Saints are in, in way more trouble than than just the fact that Ian Book has to play. Okay, but second off, I mean. Isn't it too early to write off a guy like this for the long-term future when you really don't know what you have yet? Yeah, it's only his second year in the league, and, and you make a great point. Um, I mean, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are are your guys this year. Jameis, your starter. Andy's your backup, and I think Andy Dalton's uh, one of the top five backups in the NFL no this year. Yeah, he's shown it. They he hadn't got a lot of playing time this preseason because they know what they got in Andy Dalton. So I think they're fine at the one-two, and you're right. They'll probably put 
uh, Ian Book, uh, they'll cut him, and then hopefully he can get back on um, on the practice squad. I really can't see another team grabbing Ian Book when you have uh, problems at other positions on those other teams. Uh, I just think that it makes sense to to put him on practice squad because you probably want six wide receivers on your roster, and that can open up where you can have Marquez Callaway right. in and Traquan Smith on your roster at the same time because Deontay Hardy's making the team because he's a special teams dynamo for them. So if you could have six receivers, that means that you can only have two quarterbacks. So I think that makes total sense. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not selling all my Ian Book stock yet. I mean, I think I stole, sold my Garrett Grayson stock a lot quicker oh, than no I did kidding. on Ian Book. That yeah, was I, I, from the even when Garrett Grayson, yeah, even when Garrett Grayson talked to us in the locker room, I did, he didn't really, um, uh, you know, inspire confidence. Like, yeah, no, I wasn't <laughs> like, man, that Garrett Grayson guy it really got me going, man. He got me hyped. I'm ready to roll. He <laughs> just didn't, it didn't uh, ooze confidence there, Garrett Grayson, right. out of Colorado State. I'm sure he's way out of the league. I mean, I didn't see him like on an XFL. Or you know, or USFL roster. So he's definitely done. Done. Oh, he's probably making a lot of money somewhere doing something. Yeah, yeah, he definitely disappeared. But um, no, I, I wouldn't give up on Ian Book just yet. Uh, luckily for the Saints' case, he wasn't a first-round pick. So you know, you're not right. completely uh, you know uh, making yourself look bad by drafting the guy in the first round and wind up cutting him and then losing him. But uh, yeah, I think it makes total sense that Ian Book. Uh, we try to they try to put him on the practice squad, but don't give up on him just yet. I know That's he's become I one think. of the he's become one of the whipping boys uh, uh, of uh, Saints fans on uh, on all social media platforms. He, he really has, and I try to remind people preseason. It just they're, they're as vanilla as possible. They're not showing anybody anything. It's not you know it it was never really important, but at least there used to be a structure to where you'd see you know starters play in game one for a series of two, and then game two maybe a quarter, a full quarter, and then game three, they were playing like the whole first half and then game four, everybody took a break. But now it's like every preseason game is like preseason game four. They they just don't care. And so, I mean, I, they're not throwing anything out there. But, uh, no, yeah, no. It, you know. Yeah, and just, Zach Wilson, you saw what happened with him. I mean, exactly. uh, he's probably not going to be ready for week one. Uh, I mean, Sean McVay is now, yeah, Sean McVay is now the trendsetter. I mean, no one plays for the Rams, uh uh, none of their starters. It, it's very rare if any of those guys get on the field. So I understand um, where Dennis Allen is with with playing Jameis Winston this uh, week. Um, you know, he said he's fine with not playing. Jameis wants to play. We'll see tomorrow. If I had a, I mean, I, I'd hate to go either way or the other, but, I mean, I wouldn't take the chance personally. I thought the best move for the Saints was having Jameis Winston practice against Green Bay last week, those two days, because uh, quarterbacks couldn't get hit in those two workouts, but Jameis wasn't ready uh, health-wise. So that was a little of a concern. But I I don't know if you're really missing out on that much not having Jameis Winston play tomorrow night. Maybe err on the side of caution because he's not going to have Mike Thomas out there. He's not going to have Alvin Kamara out there. Uh, James Hurst is starting left tackle will not be out there tomorrow night so or tonight. So, um, yeah, those, those are concerns that you have around, his weapons around. So you, why would you want to run him out there when you're not going to have some of his best players? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, at first, the last week or so, saying it was important to get him out there, but whether he plays or not, um, I, I would be surprised at this point if you do see him play. Air on the side of caution. I mean, I know he wants to get out there. Maybe at least he'll dress out. Uh, maybe we'll see him play a couple plays. Who knows? But uh, 
it would makes me worry a little bit, I guess, is, you know, you talk about what he was, what he was doing in practice and, you know, there was one point he slid um, in practice and everybody, you know, all the players were worried, got a little nervous. And then he's like, well, I just needed to see if I could do it. So, but I don't want to see that in a preseason game, you know, because when you got an opponent coming at you, they're, they're looking to, to rip your head off if they can. Yeah. 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 It's it's such a tough spot for Dennis Allen to get in because if he goes out there and something happens, everybody's gonna be going against Dennis Allen, uh, you know, and and calling them not names for uh, broadcast uh, television or radio. Um, we can say more words on data too than we can say. And I, I mean, I don't want to use all of George George Carlin's words, but there are right, there no, few, no. There I are just a few, a few of it, it, it's a tough spot to be in for for Dennis Allen to put him out there. I know that Coach Payton dealt with the same situation with Drew Brees, but usually Brees went out there for like yeah, one series right. during the preseason. But Brees was healthy. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston. We don't know if he's 100% yet. He could be like at 85. Well, there's no way he's 100%. Yeah. Right. No. And and if he's not 100%, then I, I don't see a reason to put him out there, yeah. uh, especially when you got the Falcons in week one, who sh- sh- you should beat. Okay. I don't What, they're five and a half point favorites right now. Right. The Saints are on. Started uh, at three and a half. Right. It's one of the big, I think it's one of the biggest movers uh, on Sports yeah. Sportsbook uh, from on the odds. So, I mean, we got Marcus Mariota. Uh, it, on, it's your starting quarterback, and we got no Calvin Ridley in the game. You got Julio Drake Jones. London, baby. What's that? Drake London. Yeah, and 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 Julio Jones is long gone. You know, the the days of Roddy White are over with. So you know, uh, the, the the guys that would that that would had, had success against the Saints are gone. So I, I I would err on that side of caution. If you're if you're asking me, I'm the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I wouldn't play. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, against the uh, LA Chargers. I am going to miss being able to bash Matt Ryan, though. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that, I will miss that a little bit. Cam Jordan's going to miss him, too. I mean, the oh, there's no question. He racked up. The Saints don't play the Colts this year, so that's really kind of sad. So maybe he'll be around. Maybe they'll play each other next year. Who knows? All right. I do want to talk uh, a couple other things, a couple other positions. One is running back, because running back's interesting to me in the fact that, you know, I think it's becoming more and more likely, I've said this before, that Alvin Kamara makes it through the season. We don't know how much it's going to affect him behind the scenes. We don't know if it's going to affect his play. Um, he's still, you know, there'll be maybe times when he does have to leave to go to a, some kind of court procedure. Who knows? But uh, behind him scares the hell out of me. Don't get me wrong. I love Mark Ingram and what he's been able to do here. But, I mean, he is getting a little long in the tooth. You know, Dwayne Washington at times has shown that he's been able to to do things and step up and, and be a part. Tony Jones a little banged up right now. But Rod Walker writes that he thinks that Abram Smith is going to be let go, and I know they were really high on him. That would kind of be a surprise to me if he's let go. Do you think? Um, no, I'd probably say that 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 Rod's on the right case. I know that Sean Fazan uh, does a, a similar roster projection uh, every week on his AFR after further review. He, he's been having Abram Smith. Uh, trying to get him back on uh, the, the uh, uh, practice squad also. Okay. Uh, Sean's definitely high on Dwayne Washington. Uh, mentioning Tony Jones Jr. is pushing for that fourth running back spot. Yeah, I, we don't know what Mark Ingram has left in the tank. Uh, you know, that that's a guy that, you know, is beloved by the, the Saints fans. Uh, he's on his fourth number with the black and gold, which might be an NFL <laughs> record. I mean, I've never heard of uh, one guy having four different numbers for a team, but he definitely might break the record for uh, for the 
for that. That's something to look at. If the season starts and he's on that active roster, uh, I got a feeling like Elias uh, Sports will uh, put out a. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what you got, but I think I think Camara is safe for this season. Uh, with them keeping, yeah, I think we'll get with, with with the with court date being pushed back again, uh, I think it makes sense that he's going to be on that that uh, that roster and be on that roster the entire season. Um, Camara looks smooth. I mean, he looks great. Uh, you know, I think it's one of the strongest camps ever this year and last year. He just looked great out there. Uh, the moves he makes there, and obviously you don't want any wear and tear on him. He ain't going to be out there this uh, any of right. these games. But uh, Ingram, I think he's a good, uh, you know, change of pace. Get him in there for like five carries a game possibly the most. And we'll see with Dwayne Washington and Tony Jones Jr., um, they, they've had some big plays, some big spurts in this preseason. But, yeah, I think Abram Smith right now is the odd man out. And that's another guy you're like, who would pick Abram Smith up? Like, you know, that's going to be something to watch for uh, after uh, the cuts are made. You know, who, who would want Ian Book? Who would want Abram Smith? You never uh, know. Yeah, those are those, those are some names that that will definitely uh, be for nervous times if you're Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, and uh, Dennis Allen. Receiver, it was good to see Chris Olave catch a touchdown pass and be more involved last week. Uh, you know, you always want to see rookies get out there unless, uh, I mean, you got to, the rookies got to get, even if it's preseason, they got to see what NFL game action is like, you know, even if it is, isn't the real number ones. And it was good to see him out there. How worried, we'll talk a little bit about Chris Olave, but I also want you to talk about how worried are you about Michael Thomas and, you know, here's a different injury creeping up with his hamstring. Do you think he'll be on the field in week one? I think he will. Um, I, I think that, he, you know, he's got, what, two and a half weeks to get healthy uh, before this Atlanta Falcons game. Uh, you can definitely, you know, he, I think he's got enough work in the preseason where, or, or during training camp, not preseason games, but in training camp that, that, uh, that he's ready to roll. Um, it's going to always be a concern with Mike Thomas. He's had a lot of injuries over the last few years, but uh, I, I think he'll be back for that game. Jarvis Landry has been playing lights out. So, yeah. I mean, if there is a problem, you do have Jarvis Landry. You do have Chris Olava. You got Deontay Hardy. You got Trey Quan Smith. You got Marquez Callaway. So you got some other options. And then you can also put in there Taysom Hill, who kind of plays an H-back tight end role. He'll be out there. And Adam Troutman's had a pretty good camp. So I think Jameis Winston has a lot of options that he can throw the ball to. But I think I personally think Mike T will be out there in Week One, um, but it is a, a tiny concern uh, that that he's been missing uh, some practices recently. So you're saying the days of Kevin White with the Saints are over? Oh, geez, they put him on IR, and, <laughs> and I saw some jokes on Twitter that they're just saving him for uh, you know for the postseason. And I was like, slow down. All right. I mean, talk, that, that's I mean, that's a guy White. got drafted in the top ten by the Chicago Bears and just never panned out. I mean, dropped a lot of passes uh, with Chicago, dropped some big passes in New Orleans during training camp. He's got the speed. He just I don't know what it is between the years. It just doesn't work out between the years with Kevin White, and he dropped some passes that he shouldn't. That's a shame. All right. Uh, O-line is interesting. The, the The only thing I want to talk about with O-line is the, the – I don't really think it's a battle anymore. I think James Hurst is the starter. I mean – If healthy. Yeah. I mean, and and Trevor Penning, it's kind of, he's kind of in a similar situation where Teron Armstead was uh, quite a few years ago when he didn't start the season. And at some point, Trevor Penning uh, – you know. Th- Trevor Penning. Armstead found his way into the into the starting role. It may be that way again, but 
you can't deny James Hurston what he's meant to this team and the fact that he can play more than one position. I think he's kind of earned this spot. Yeah, James Hurst is your starter week one if he's healthy. Right now he is dealing with a foot injury. Um, so that's something to monitor with two weeks to go until the opener. Uh, Trevor Penning, when it comes to uh, run block, is looked fantastic. I've seen yeah. some video of him uh, on social media. Uh, when it comes to uh, run block, he's just manhandling guys, especially the right. Green Bay Packers. He does have trouble uh, in pass protection. Um, that's still an issue with Trevor, but he's a – a rookie out of Northern Iowa, which was an FCS school. So, yes, there's going to be a few bumps in the road. But, yeah, this is James Hurst's job at left tackle. Um, but he needs to be healthy for that game. And right now he does he is nursing a foot injury. Uh, so you hope that he can be back just like Mike T. I mean, everybody has bumps and bruises. But Hurst and, and Thomas are two you got to monitor going forward. Anything on the defense that interests you? I mean, we know how I think the defense is, is pretty – Pretty solid, the pretty set for the most part. Um, Two spots. I would say, yeah, Shy Tuttle's going to be one of the starting defensive tackles, but Malcolm Roach has had a really uh, strong camp. Uh, he's pushing Shy Tuttle for that starting job. But I still as long think as he cannot hit the quarterback late, stop yeah. hitting him. Stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, he Malcolm Roach out of Baton Rouge has looked strong during camp, uh, but I think that's still Tuttle's job. But th- that that is something to monitor. And then we're talking about injuries on the offense side of the ball. I mean, Pete Warner's out again right now. Yeah. Um, and, and he was out of the beginning of training camp. Uh, this is starting to become a, a real worry at the linebacker position uh, opposite to Mario Davis. Uh, I mean, are you really going to go with an undrafted uh, rookie uh, and Penny Sewell's brother, uh, Nephi Sewell? But they love him at, at the Saints facility. He's been starting with the ones these last few days of practice. He has got speed to burn. He's kind of in the Quan Alexander mode, uh, playing the linebacker spot. So right now, it is Sewell opposite Davis. If P. Warner doesn't get back, now he's got a few more weeks. Uh, what groin issues with, with P. Warner? Uh, so that is something to definitely monitor. Also, um, so those are the two that I think everything else is like locked down um, on on the roster on defense. But uh, yeah, I, that I think Sewell is the one that you need to watch. He could might be starting in Week One, which would be pretty crazy. Because yeah. I mean, Chase Hansen came came out of nowhere in the Texans game, and then uh, then Nephi Sewell is doing it now in training camp. The only thing that scares me, Garland, is to me, linebacker is the one spot on defense where experience and just intangibles matter more than anywhere else, right? I mean, think of all the years the Saints have had no linebackers. And going through and had their, I mean, if they only had a linebacker, you know, you could hear the singing that in the Wizard of Oz. I mean, it, it's just, and and now you can't just count on Demario Davis and Pete Warner was finally getting to where. So that spot worries me if you don't have enough experience beside, you know, or aside, I should say, uh, Demario Davis. Yeah, and one other thing is Marcus Davenport going to be ready to roll for week right. one. I mean, he, he's been up and down during camp, uh, you know, had the amputation of the finger in the offseason. Uh, will he be ready to roll? Peyton Turner's got a lot of high hopes uh, for him. Um, is he going to do it on the other side? I mean, you got Cam Jordan on one side. Uh, right. You know, he's going to get close to double-digit sacks. He always does every single season. It's almost like a guarantee. But on that other side, is, is, is Marcus Davenport in a contract year? Uh, he needs to get paid. You know, Trey Henderson was in a contract year, and he he went lights out and got paid by the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Marcus Davenport is in a contract season. Is this where he finally steps it up, stays healthy? And the same thing with Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner missed a lot of time last year. He's a former first-round pick like Marcus Davenport. These guys got to start uh, showing reasons why they're first-round picks. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's all this talk about Paulson Adebo, and I know we haven't seen a lot of him in preseason itself, but, I mean, every clip I see of him from, from practice shows that he really is this – could be the shining star next to Marshawn Lattimore and prove that, you know, he's he's moving into his own territory. Yeah, this is going to be a rude awakening for some uh, offenses in the NFL yeah. where they want to they stay away from Marshawn Lattimore. Good luck with that going with Paulson Debo. I mean, this is you know, one of the top probably five tandems in the NFL, a cornerback, when you got Paulson Debo and Marshawn Lattimore, and they're really young. I mean, Lattimore's just starting out on his uh, second contract, Adebo's only his second year in the league. We could see this this combination for many years to come. And, and even in slot corner, if they can get a, a deal done with CJGJ in right. the future. So your, your three corners uh, could be locked in for the next five, six, seven years. I mean, imagine having those three guys in your roster. That's locked Lock them down, man. Lock yeah. them down. Yeah, now you just need on the back end, you know, with, with Marcus May and, and Tyron Matthew to come together. Uh, they, they're finally getting a lot of work during camp together. Um, you know, they're both healthy. So that's, uh, you know, Marcus was recovering from an ACL. Um, you know, uh, Matthew was dealing with off the field issues, uh, family issues, but now they're back together working. Uh, so that's something else to monitor. But yeah, that cornerback's position is locked down city with those guys. That, that, that has been one of the more impressive things during camp is watching Paulson and D-Bell. Lastly, when it comes to positions, uh, I will say, you know, a lot of people were, uh, a lot of Saints fans were, were upset and dismayed when Thomas Morstead was let go, but they're not saying that anymore. I mean, Blake Blake Gillikin is just insane in what he's doing. I, and the Saints, uh, with Will Lutz back and looking healthy, and he talks about this is the best camp that he's ever had. Uh, it may be the best kicker-punter duo in the league, or one of them. Oh, yeah, in the league. I, I thought you were going to go all Tom. I was like, man, Brian Hanson and Morton Anderson. No, no, hey, no, no, no. You know? I'm not going that far. Yeah, no, but but percentage wise, uh, Will Lutz is one of the best kickers in NFL history when it comes to conversion rate. What's well, in the eighties? Uh, right. Blake Gilligan hits nothing but bombs. Uh, you know, and, and and they're both young. I mean, we talked about the cornerback spot. These guys are both youngsters. So yeah, we could be uh, seeing these guys on the team for years to come uh, together. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the most impressive things watching Gilligan punt that ball. Uh, you don't want to see the Saints punting it. But if, if you're going to have to watch it, you know, if the Saints fail to convert on a third down, it's something to behold watching Blake Gilligan hit massive bombs uh, down the field. It's no coincidence you kick an 81-yard punt and you get drug tested next day. Oh, my gosh. We, we had a story on FoxAlive.com <laughs> about that, uh, oh. that, you know, that, that he got drug tested after an 81-yard punt. I'm sure it was really a random drug test. Oh, it's just random. You know, it's uh, random. That 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 definitely was uh was a head scratcher. Well, you think ten and seven, you're you're high on this team, and uh, you know, we talk about the quick starts with LSU, and it's just as important here. And that's what I'll I'll we'll close this out with. I mean, you know, do you like the fact that the Saints are opening up with three division opponents: Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Carolina? Uh, you find out a whole lot about your team, I think, pretty quickly. Well, you definitely want to uh, play Atlanta in week one. I mean, they're really going to have to figure some stuff out with Marcus Mariota's first start. So that's definitely uh, a positive. Uh, Tom Brady it, it was away from camp for 10 days. I don't know if he was on the mass Singer. Uh, I know that's a big rumor. 
but he's lost the center for the year. It looks like they lost the starting guard or a guy who was fighting for the starting spot. He's he's lost for most uh, part of the season. So and their right guard it, left before the season in free agency. Yeah, so you're 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 getting these guys like, at, the, at the right time. The same thing with Panthers or Baker Mayfield. I mean, is he going to figure things out by week three? Uh, is he still starting by week three? You know, I mean, is Baker Mayfield showed us that he's that dude? Um, so that I think it's perfect timing to get those guys in the first three weeks of the season, especially the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are dealing with a, a offensive line that's going to be definitely a lot of mix and match. I agree. And it's going to be really hard for Tom Brady at 45 years old to get up every time he's thrown on his backside because it's going to happen, or his front side for that matter, because it's going to happen. Garland, before we let you go, tell all the people out there, you know, one of the things I love, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an old school guy of when the Saints, you know, in the NFC moved from CBS to Fox, I had a hard time adjusting. But okay. now, I, you know, I expect I wake up on Sunday and I turn Fox on because that's where the Saints are playing. And, you know, this year, I think 10 or 11 of the 16 games are on Fox. Um, tell me all the things you have, you guys have going for the week so people who are interested can check you guys out. Yeah, and we got the simulcast of the two Monday night games. The uh, home oh, game. Oh, you did? Baltimore, yeah, we got the Baltimore Ravens game uh, on Monday night, and we had the Tampa Bay Bucks game in December uh, uh, Monday night. Those are both on Fox 8 also. So, yeah, we're in the double digits with the uh, Saints games this year. And most of those games, a lot of those Fox 8 games are at noon kickoff, so it means you get tailgate at 10 a.m., which is Deuce is in that show. Jeff Duncan is in there. Sean Fazan, Wonk and Cade. So, uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of tailgates coming. But, I mean – we're up to, Jim, this is some wild stuff. We're up to four hours of programming a week during football season. That's a I lot. Mean, and that's yeah. not counting your podcast. Not counting the overtime podcast, not counting my food blogs and Sean's AFRs and my Garland on the Avenue that you can see on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I get a lot of comments about that, mostly positive, but there's always some smart aleck that uh, wants to point something else out. But, you know, <laughs> there's always going to be haters. But of course. four hours a week uh, between black and gold review on Monday, overtime on Tuesday night, which is where Madeline Adams, Sean Fazan, Wonka Cade and I, uh, we, we talk about what happened the week before, and then we kind of go forward. Then Wednesday night is game plan where we look forward to the Saints' next opponent our new game, our new show on Thursday night at 1035 is a final bet hosted by Wong K and I, where we're going to get deep. That's into a great game. idea, by the way. Yeah. yeah great, I mean, not just because I'm the sports betting writer. I think, I think that is a great idea to do that. Yeah. We're, I mean, it, it, you know me, I, I'm really hardcore into sports gambling. So it's right up my alley. Uh, so I'm really, I'm really excited about that. We, you know, we're going to bring Jeff Duncan in every now and then on that. And then Friday night is Fox eight football Friday, yep. uh, where I'm at the game of the week, uh, you know, 1035. And then Sunday morning, we got tailgate at 10 a.m. And then we wrap it all up on final play on Sunday night at 10.30. So, I mean. Seven it, days it, it, a week. Yeah. It, 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 I think our promo says a smorgasbord of sports. And I, I like it. I mean, if you love sports there, and, you, you know, and you're watching television, uh, there's no other place to go at Fox 8. I mean, we have a monster sports staff. Uh, we have a lot of personality and it's, it's exciting. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, we got, we got jamborees. I mean, I'm, I'm really hyped up about some jamboree football. I mean, good. I love my friends, Doug Mouton and Fletcher Mackle and Ed Daniels. Yeah, great guys. All great guys. I'm just pointing out what we got, but what you guys do. And not only that, and again, nothing against Chris Franklin or Margaret Orr, but David Bernard is by far, by far the best 
local meteorologist, I think, in the country. Um, and, you know, the, the little rapport he and Lee have, too, doesn't hurt. That's <laughs> kind of fun fun to watch. But, uh, but uh, David Bernard is the best in the business. So we love what you guys at Fox 8 are doing. And uh, we thank you for coming on the show, Garland. And we'll be running into each other before too long. And uh, say, uh, say hi to everybody at the station for me. Yes, indeed, man. It, it's all here. High school, college, and pro football. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting like just chills just thinking about it. We got week zero. I mean, I'm, I, I, Jim, this is crazy town. I mean, I'm really hyped for Northwestern Nebraska, 1130 in the morning on Fox 8 from Dublin, Ireland. I mean, I must be out of my skull. But I'm, exactly like, I'm getting my buddies together. We are going to watch Nebraska Northwestern. Let's go. Look, I love it, Garland, but the only thing bad is once it starts – you go to you go to sleep and you wake up and it's January. I mean that's the only bad thing about that. When you get to be my age, you don't want to just skip through that fast. You you want to savor it all, but you don't have time to savor. We're working too hard. So. No, no, no. I'm I'm moving on. I mean I I'm doing the high school football schedule during like the Saints games on Sunday. I'm exactly. like already thinking about what's next on Fox Eight Football Friday. Yeah, I, I'm always. But you know what? It, it keeps my mind stimulated. You know, I'm 45. Right, I'm 40, 45 years old. And uh, my head, my mind never stops about what the next big story is. So wow. I think it's healthy. Invert those two numbers, turn those two numbers around, and that's what I'll be on Monday. So 54. I'd rather, rather I like I'd rather, it. I'd rather be where, where you are. Delisle Holy Cross coming up in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah, no, we, um, yeah, or Shaw Rummel in three weeks. Who knows? Yeah, I got Uh-oh. some, I got some high hopes for the Delisle Cavaliers and a few others. All right, we got Delisle twice this year. We. We have them against uh, St. Charles as well, and I think that's uh, week six ish, five, six, somewhere around there. So I'm gonna get that well, in the game of the week sooner or later. You know, all gotta, right. Yeah. L- let me know when you do, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll cross paths, and who knows? Maybe we'll have a beer or something after. Oh, you got shows to do. Yeah. <laughs> I never stop working. All right, Garland. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Garland Gillen, always good to catch up with my friend, and I do see him a lot in the fall, so won't be long now. Who knows, we'll run into each other at some point, and maybe I'll run into you. Saints Chargers tonight in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. We continue on with our NFL previews next week. It is the NFC South on bet.no.com. Make sure you don't miss it. We'll be talking about that, and next Friday... As a matter of fact, I believe we're going to try. We have been planning this for a while. We're going to, Jeff Duncan, in case you missed it a few weeks ago, Jeff Duncan is going to be joining me every Friday during the football season. uh, And we're going to do a live show, or at least we're going to try to do our podcast live. No worries if you listen to wherever you listen to your normal podcast, because you could still get it there. Um, But the portion with Jeff Duncan will be live on. Facebook on bet.nola.com on my own Facebook page. It'll be live on nola.com's YouTube page. Um, it'll be live on my own YouTube page. And uh, I'm going to try to do it on Twitter as well, at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. So if you want to catch it, if you want to send us a message, ask Jeff Duncan a question, tell me I'm an idiot, we'll put it live on the air. And you can be a part of the podcast. So I think we're going to do our first live run-through next week. Uh, it'll just be Duncan. And then I'm trying to plan something special for the Friday before the regular season opener. Um, I don't want to spill the beans just yet because I've not confirmed it. But I think we're going to have an interesting little fun thing 
that first Friday. And as we get into football season, we'll go back to doing Monday, Thursday, and Friday, three times a week, Dattitude. Monday, we'll recap the whatever happened in the Saints game. Uh, on Thursdays, it'll be Uncle Big Nick and myself uh, doing our predictions, not just for the Saints, but uh, we're doing our predictions for the week. And then Friday, live with Jeff Duncan. And uh, again, you don't have to listen to it live. It'll still be where you get your podcast. Only Fridays will be live anyway. But and you'll hear all the questions that were asked, and uh, hopefully we'll have a few. And uh, if, if you've been a regular to this show, I've said this before, I thank you so much for listening. If you're new um, and you found this on bet.nola.com and you want to listen to it regularly, all you have to do is wherever you find your podcast, search for Datitude and subscribe, and you will be a regular just like the rest of my regulars. So be a part of the gang. It'll be fun. Again, next Friday, our first live show with Duncan, and then the week after that, we'll have a Thursday-Friday show, our first prediction show on Thursday, what is that, the 8th or 9th? Uh, whatever that Thursday is. We'll have a live show on that day. I'm not a live show. We'll have a prediction show with Uncle Bigning, and then the following week we'll Go to our Monday, Thursday, Friday schedule. Looking forward to it. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Datitude. I'm going to end this show. If if you have already watched my NFL preview for today, the Tennessee Titans, our last AFC team, then you heard me reference that that show, that preview, was like Don Henley's The Last Worthless Evening. This is the last worthless preview. If all you care about is the Saints, the last worthless preview you'll ever listen to, or at least listen to this year, because we're moving on. NFC South next week, wrapping up our eight weeks of previews, and it all culminates next Friday with the New Orleans Saints on September the 2nd. That will uh, be on bet.nola.com. But, so I wanted to play a Don Henley song to close out the show, and I'm like, nobody wants to listen to the last worthless, worthless evening. I mean, I'm not trying to... I mean, you're, if you listen to a, an hour and 13 minutes of this, you're already in the dumper. I mean, you don't, I don't need to help with you. So I try to pick a more uplifting song. You know, baseball's coming to a close. You know, it's kind of that part of the year where if you don't like baseball, you don't have to worry about baseball, or you just watch the playoffs. That's coming up in a month or so. And for the last month plus, the football guys, they, they've been the boys of summer too, just like baseball players. I'm sure they'll be glad to get out of all that mess. So here you go. There's my Don Henley uplifting song, song of the day. Sort of. Boys of Summer. We'll see you next Friday. Don't forget, very important, hug the ones you love. The ones you don't, well, that's completely up to you. See you next Friday. Peace and love, my friends. Peace and love.